uh, we're going to turn to Psalm chapter 81. Psalm chapter 81. I love this this passage. I love the, this verse. It, it gets me um, every once in a while as I read through the book of Psalms. I try to do it every month. Um, and uh, this last week I read through uh, read through several. I, 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 do, I try to do five Psalms a day. And uh, so I read through this in the last week. I'm not sure if it was Monday or Tuesday. But um, verse number 10 is... The, where we're going to start, and and we're uh, let's 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 go ahead. I'll read that, and then we'll pray and 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 see where the Lord takes us. It says, verse number ten: I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Open thy mouth wide, and I will fill it. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the truth of your word, the the promises that we find in your word, and and the fact that those promises never change. And Lord, you never fail. God, you have been so good to us. Lord, there's, there have already been testimonies of your goodness uh, this afternoon. And, uh, Lord, and there are many more. Lord, that there are many things that could be said. And, and the truth is that we, we could be here all day if we would truly stop and think and, and, and talk about what you've done for us and how you've worked in our lives. Even in this last week, Lord, many of the things we, we may not even be aware of, but God, you have been good. And we thank you and praise you. We ask for your help now as we look at your word. I pray that you would... Um, open our eyes to the truth. Lord, help us to understand, and Lord, help us to apply those things to our life, that we might be able to look into the mirror and be wise, Lord, that we might apply those things to us and live it, Lord, that we might draw closer to Christ. We love you, Lord. We're thankful for all that you do. Help me to preach your word. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. I've always liked this verse. Uh, uh, from the first time I read it, uh, at least that I remember reading, I'm sure I read it other times, it never really stuck out, but Charles Spurgeon was asked, or not, it was Charles Spurgeon at the movie, I believe it was Charles Spurgeon, was, somebody came to him one day and asked him about, I think you should preach from this passage, and they shared a, a passage with him, and he read it, and he said, I can't, and they said, well, why? And he said, uh, you never preach a passage that hasn't bitten you. It hasn't spoken to you. It's almost like a, a snake. You walk up on a snake and it reaches out and bites you. It catches you by surprise. And, and, and I, I believe that's what he was talking about. This is one of those verses for me. And when I read about uh, this, it, it caught my attention. And it's drawn me in. And, and I, again, I preached on it a couple times. I'm sure Anita could tell us if, I, if she looked at her notes. How many times I preached this? Two or three times. Uh, a couple, I think on Wednesday nights or on a Sunday. But... But uh, I just wanted to, to, to come back to it uh, this afternoon, and, and uh, the Lord kind of gave me some more th- a few thoughts on it that I never really thought of before, and I, I'm hoping it'll, it'll be a blessing to you, and, uh, and, and God will help us with it. So uh, verse number 10, uh, God is speaking here in the psalmist, says, I am the Lord thy God. It, it, he's, it, the, the psalmist is referring back to what God had said to the people of Israel. I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Open thy mouth wide. And I will fill it. He uses this picture, uh, this phrase, uh, open thy mouth wide and I will fill it. And uh, there are different um, ideas of what that meant. Uh, for me, I picture a mama bird feeding a baby bird. Uh, if you've ever seen, a, seen that happen, if you've, ever, if you've ever seen a video of it or seen it in person, it's really kind of cool. Uh, you get the, uh, the little baby birds in the nest and they sit there and when mama bird comes back to feed them, whether it's with grubs or worms or whatever other things she's, she's 
forage for for their meal. Uh, she gets back there, and man, they sit back there and they open their mouths open so wide that their faces disappear. It's 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 like they're hungry and they they want it now. They 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 have a desire to be fed. That's when I read that. That's what I picture. Now that's that's because that's what I know. And uh, but uh, uh, I believe the principle here for us that we can see is that uh, that we have a heavenly Father that desires to provide for us. Uh, Luke chapter eleven. Verse 13, is, this is the, the chapter, that we, we, won't, that we won't turn there, uh, but this is the chapter uh, where, where Jesus teaches the, uh, the, the, the model prayer for the, uh, for the uh, disciples. So there we go. Wow. I couldn't remember the word disciples. It's, it's where Jesus teaches the disciples to pray. They ask him to teach him, and, and he says, pray like this, and he gives them that, that model prayer. He then get, go ahead and goes ahead and gives them the, uh, the parable of the, the man knocking on his neighbor's door and teaches them about importunate prayer, uh, where you just continue to ask and continue to ask and continue to ask. And, and then he goes on to say that if a, if a son asks his father uh, uh, if, uh, for some bread, would he give him a stone? If he asked him for an egg, would he give him a scorpion? And obviously the answer is no. A father, any kind of decent kind of father, wouldn't do that to a child. Because how much more would our father, Heavenly Father give give unto us the, the Holy Spirit when asked. And, and we have a God who desires to provide for us. Man, he, he knows our needs. I look at my kids, and I have a desire to take care of them and provide for them, and, but, but I'm human, and, and I'm not perfect. And sometimes I put my own selfish ones over my kids. I'm sorry, children. <laughs> but every human father does that because we're, we're, we're human. We're not perfect. But our Heavenly Father is perfect. And he has a desire to provide and take care of those needs. I have heard this, this passage preached uh, about prayer, and I do believe there is a, uh, a, th- that prayer is a part of this because, well, you have to open your mouth wide, and we'll, we'll get to that in a few minutes. But I see here a picture of, of, a, of a father or a feeding his children. Uh, there are other, there's another thought about what this means, uh, and back in the uh, the the, the, the uh, Orient, uh, this is and th- this was uh, where where the scriptures were written. It was uh, Oriental in nature. Uh, 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 the Persian kings would would many times have have men come in, dignitaries t- come to visit people that they wanted to honor, and th- they would tell them to open their mouth if they wanted to honor them or bless them. They would tell them to open their mouth, and when they came forward and they opened their mouth, they would then bring foods, sweets, and they would put them in the mouth. If they really wanted to be a blessing, they would take jewels, and uh, they wouldn't do it themselves, the king wouldn't, but they'd have their servants stuff jewels in their mouth. Uh, uh, the idea that uh, the wider you got your mouth open, the more stuff that was put in there. And, and, and I'm thankful that we have a God who is able to provide those good things for us, uh, uh, that, that has a desire, that his wealth is beyond measure. But this verse does not teach what, what's the word for it? The, the prosperity gospel. It is not teaching us that we can get whatever we ask for or whatever we want. The context of this verse is God is speaking to the people of Israel, or he's speaking about the people of Israel. He's saying, this is, that I had much in store for you that I had desired to give you. Look back at a few verses before this. It says in verse, uh, we'll start, we'll go back to verse 7. Uh, verse 6, I removed his shoulder from the burden. His hands were delivered from the pots. He's talking about the people of Israel uh, that were slaves in Egypt being 
delivered from slavery in Egypt. Thou callest in trouble, and I deliver thee. I answer thee in the secret place of thunder. I prove thee at the waters of Meribah. Selah. Here he's talking about when they, after they came out of, of, of uh, Egypt, they were wandering in a desert place. They were thirsty. Uh, they were proved. They were tested at that place, that secret place of thunder. Uh, that, 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 that Those waters of Meribah, the places where he tested them, the people of Israel, after they came out of Egypt. And he had a desire to, to bless them. Think about this. God brought them out of Egypt and was taking them to the promised land, was he not? Uh, he, uh, he did not desire for them to wander around in, in the land of, uh, of the wilderness and the desert for 40 years. They did that on their own because of their own decisions. God, through Moses, led them through the wilderness, yes, to the, to the Mount of God, and then to the, the Promised Land. And they got to the Promised Land. And if you remember with me what, what happened, they sent over their, their spies, and the spy says, you know, they got some giants and some big walled cities, and we're like grasshoppers in their sight. I don't think we can do it. And even though Caleb and Joshua said, hey, God said that's ours. Let's go get it. The rest said, ah, we don't think so. And because of that, God judged the people of Israel. And those, those that were about 20 years and older never got to step foot into that land. They all died in the wilderness. God didn't desire to feed them with manna. God fed them with manna because they could not eat of the fruit of the land because they were not there. God had provision for them. God had a plan for them. They, they were to have a victorious life, a, a life of victory over their enemies, a life of provision in that land of promise of milk and honey and, and, and grapes, uh, the grapes of Eskel, these massive, they had to carry them on big branches because they're such large clusters of grapes. God wanted to provide for them, but they didn't get to experience any of it because the next... The, the, the next verse after verse 10 says, they, but they would have none of me. We're going to look at what that means, but here in a moment. First, I want us to see a few things. First, the principle to obey. There's a principle here for us to obey. We see it in the first part of verse 10. Or not the first part of verse 10. Uh, the, the second part of verse 10 says, Open thy mouth. Open thy mouth wide. If a mama bird is coming to feed the baby birds, and the baby bird refuses to open its mouth, does it get to eat? No. If a dignitary comes to a king, and the king has a desire to bless him, a desire to honor him, a desire to, to, to gift something to him, and the king said, open your mouth. And he said, mm-mm. I mean, I might do that if people were to shove things in my mouth, but uh, does he get any of the blessings that were provided for him or planned for him? No. There's a principle here that we, that we as children of God need to open our mouth. Uh, uh, there's a this this I uh, we need to understand that there needs to be a uh, a, a hunger and expectancy uh, for whatever it is that God has for us. 
That baby bird has no control over what mama, mama bird puts in its mouth. The, the, those servants, uh, those dignitaries, uh, don't have any say over what the king blesses them with. Uh, and we as children of God don't have any say in what God blesses us with. But I want you to understand, God has a blessing for your life. We are called to live a, a life full of spiritual blessings. That may not mean that we have that we drive a Volvo or a uh, whatever car my wife wants. A Ford, what is it? She wants a brand new Suburban. That ain't ever happening. <laughs> we may never have that. But we can live an abundant life, spiritually abundant, blessed by God, regardless of whether we live in a nice part of the world or we live in a you know, mud hut somewhere. We can be blessed by God because the blessings that God has for us are not necessarily financial. Now, God might bless us financially, and I believe he does provide for us financially. Uh, we're to ask for the, those things that uh, are daily bread, uh, Jesus taught the disciples there. Uh, we're to ask for those things that we need, and there's nothing wrong with asking for those things. But, Jesus, but God wasn't talking about those things here. He was talking about the blessings that God had pre- planned for their life, and they didn't get to receive it because they never opened their mouth. We need to live our lives with our mouths open. Now, what does that mean? It doesn't mean that we just ask. I do believe that that, that there is a a part of that, that we're to ask and we're to expect. But they didn't have to ask for the promised land. God already had that planned. They didn't have to ask for victory, though there were times when they prayed for victory. God had already planned to give them that land. In fact, the Bible says that God went ahead of them, went before them, that that they won not because of their own sword, but because God fought those battles for them. Yes, he went with them. Yes, they they pulled their swords and they went into battle. But it was God that won those battles. They didn't have it, not necessarily because they they, they didn't go into battle, not necessarily because they didn't trust God and they didn't, as, as, as the Lord said, they would have none of them. There's a principle here that we need to open our mouths. We need to, a principle that we need to to obey, that's to open our mouths. Again, we'll we'll come back to this in a minute. There's a promise also to claim. If we open our mouths, he will fill it. If we open our mouths, he will fill it. Luke says, open thy mouth, and I will fill it. What a promise. Again, that's not a promise that you'll get everything you ask for. Now, sometimes the Bible says uh, we have not because we ask not, right? Uh, sometimes it says you have not because you ask amiss according to your own lust. Uh, you, so so that's not necessarily talking about prayer requests, though we are to pray. This is talking about, I truly believe, but the blessings that God would have for us that we miss out on because we're not living our lives the way God would have us to live. We're not following God in the way he would want us to go. He said, open thy mouth and I will fill it. It's a, if you do this, I will do this. There are other places where God says that. In fact, we're going to look at one here in a little bit. He says, uh, if you do this, I'll bless you. If you do this, I'll curse you. Uh, uh, this, it's all this, if you study the word if in the Bible, it's really, there's a lot of ifs, by the way. It's like thousands of them. God's filling of our mouth is dependent upon our opening mouth. But we do have the promise that if we do open it, and we'll get into what that means here in a few minutes, 
But if we open it, he will fill it. There's a principle to obey, a promise to proclaim. And it's a, for us, it's a reminder of, of our own emptiness. If we're, if we're seeking God, if we're, if, we're, if we're opening our mouth, we're allowing or, or asking God to do something that we can't do ourselves, uh, to provide in a way that we cannot provide. Listen, uh, the spiritual life that, that I live, listen, uh, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live yet not I, but Christ liveth in me, and the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. It's, it's Christ that lives in me. It's Christ that empowers me. That we're to live by the Spirit, not by the flesh. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, uh, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Uh, uh, against su- such there is no law. We're to, we're to live in accordance with the Spirit of God. We're, we're to have the strength and live in strength, but it's His strength, not our own strength. Uh, uh, we're, to, we're to open our mouth wide so that he can fill it. There's a principle to proclaim, there's a principle to obey, a promise to claim. And it, not only does it a, a, a reminder of our, of our own emptiness, but it's a reminder of God's fullness. Because the strength that we need, he has all of it. The, the, those, those, the, the, those spiritual bounties, those blessings, we want to live an abundant life, we can only do it through him. It's not what we can do on our own. In fact, we, we can't do anything on our own. That's the mercy and grace of God. It's us opening ourselves to God and saying, God, I can't do this. I need you. God had a desire. They were, uh, Israel was God's chosen people. He had a plan. He had a purpose uh, for, for, for them as a nation. And, and he fulfilled his own purpose. But, but there, were, there was a whole generation of people that missed out on the blessings of God because they would not open their mouths. a promise to claim there's a proof to remember we see it at the beginning of the verse i am the lord thy god which brought thee out of the land of egypt uh, uh, he says listen uh, uh, you want to know how you, you can trust that i'll fill your mouth when you open it i brought you out of egypt in fact in several verses there previously he says he, he said i removed the, his shoulder from the burden uh, in verse number six his hands were delivered from the pots uh, he rescued them from slavery he brought them across the dead sea he 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 he, he uh, proved himself at meribah when they were thirsty and they had there was bitter water and he provided the the pure water listen uh, i want you to understand god proved himself and we can look back at what God has already done and know that we can trust him. If you're saved, all you've got to do look, is look back at your salvation and what, where God brought you from and what God has done in your life so far. That is proof of what God can do in the future. It's a proof to remember. It's important that we remember those things and we rehearse those things in our minds as we, as we look back, as we look forward to, to what we're going to be facing and, and what tri- trials and things we're going, we might go through and we will go through them. It's important for us to remember what God has already done. It's a, it's a proof. It's a, it's a, it, it shows us what God can do and what he has done. The last thing I see here in this verse, and though this, is, this isn't the end of the message, is this is the, a precaution to heed, a precaution to heed. Verse 10 said, I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Open thy mouth wide, and I will fill it. But, I hate it. There are times when I love the word but, and then there are times when I don't like the word but. Uh, uh, the word but uh, here is, it's a conjunction. It joins these two sentences. Uh, it, it connects them together. He says, God says, I, 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 wanted to, to, I wanted to feed them. I told them to open their mouth. I've already done all these other things, but they would have none of me. 
What is it that they would have none of? If you're hungry and somebody's trying to bless you, or if you have need and somebody's trying to bless you, most of us would say, you know what? I'll accept that. If Brother Frank hadn't eaten in a day and he was hungry, and I said, Brother Frank, here's the pizza. Or what do you like to eat, Brother Frank? Okay, pizza, very good. Here's the pizza. And Brother Frank says, mm, that's good, I'll take that right there. That's one condition, Brother Frank, you can have it if you do this. Well, I don't really want to do that. You can keep your pizza. God said in verse Deuteronomy chapter 11, turn there real quickly if you would. Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 26. Behold, I set before you this day, he speaks to the people of Israel, a blessing and a curse. A blessing if ye obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you this day. And a curse if you will not obey the commandment of the Lord your God. But turn aside out of the way which I command you this day to go after other gods which ye have not known. And it shall come to pass when the Lord thy God hath brought thee in unto the land, whither thou goest to possess it, that thou shalt put the blessing upon Mount Gertzman, upon the Mount of Ebal. And they are not on the other side of Georgia, but by the way, where the sun goeth down in the land of the Canaanites, which dwelt in the Champagne, over against Gilgal, beside the plains of Moor. For ye shall pass over Jordan to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God giveth you, and ye shall possess it and dwell there. Notice he says, ye shall do this. He says, I'm, I'm placing before you a blessing and a curse. Now the people of Israel, not everybody passed into, we already talked about this, but the people of Israel did pass over Jordan. God still fulfilled his end of the bargain. But some people missed out on what God wanted to do. Did you know that when you get saved, you have, you have been seated in heaven? The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2 that you are seated in heaven with Christ. Now you're not there yet. You're still physically here and spiritually here. Uh, you have not yet attained that position, but there is a, 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 a reservation set for you that cannot be removed. When you die, you will be there. Regardless of what else happens here on this earth, you cannot lose your salvation. Praise God. We, we look forward to, 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 to the inheritance that God has given has for us, and one day we're going to be there. There's going to be a new body. Uh, I'm not going to need to go to the gym anymore. Uh, I'm going to be in the perfect shape, uh, and it's not going to be round anymore. It's gonna, <laughs> I might even get some abs now once in a while. I don't, who knows what, what I'm going to look like. I don't know. And, and you know what? I'm not going to care because there's not going to be any pain. There's not going to be any, any, any more sorrow. There's not going to be any more grief. What a day that will be when we get to heaven and we, and we get to be with those who have gone on before us and, and we, get to, we get to be with our Savior, Jesus Christ. What a day that will be. But that's a long ways down the road. I ain't there yet. Well, it may not be necessarily, but and maybe you get saved and die right away, but you did not get saved just for that. You got saved to glorify God in this body. You got saved. Hey, listen, God doesn't ha just have heaven for you. That is, that is the icing on the cake. What a blessing it is, and, and, and I, I can't wait to be there. But God saved you to do something in you now. God saved you to live a life, and a life of, of, of abundant life. 
But a lot of Christians are living like life ain't so abundant anymore or never has been. They, they live in discouragement. They, they live, in, they live in, in want, spiritual want. They're always struggling. They're always wondering, why is God doing this and why is God doing that? Listen, the church has always been going through difficulties. In fact, we have it better off than any, any other age ever has as far as financial and physical. You get to get in your car and drive. The Apostle Paul had to walk everywhere. And when he didn't walk, he rode on boats, and they sank a lot. And when he walked into town, sometimes they had to carry him out. Uh, uh, sometimes they threw rocks at him when they carried him out. Uh, I wish there's a, we have it easy. But we live like it's hard. Why could Paul say, my outward man perisheth, but my inward man is renewed day by day? Because he wasn't looking at the, the physical blessings. We have those. He was looking at the spiritual blessings. It was his heart and his mind that was strengthened every day while his body was bruised and broken and cut and tired and weak and weary. And we get that, and we start to complain. I, there's somewhere in the Bible, I don't know what group it was, but there's a lot of people. There, there, there was a large group of them that wandered around. They were always murmuring and complaining. Why do, why do we sound, even though we're blessed financially and with all the physical things, why are we, do we so much sound like the group of Israelites that murmur, 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 murmur. Paul says, Paul tells us in the New Testament that, that we're to learn from them in the Old Testament so that we don't continue to do the things that they did in the Old Testament. And one of the things he mentions is the murmuring. Why is it? Just like the people of Israel, God said, open thy mouth wide and I will fill it. Now, he was speaking to the people of Israel, but I believe the principle is here for us. God has an abundant storehouse of blessings that he wants to bless us with. Now, I'm not saying it's a new car. I'm not saying that it's everything financial that you, that you would like. I would like, a, I would like some things too, but that's not what I'm saying that God has pr promised us. God has promised us contentment. God has promised us a blessing. God has promised us strength. God has promised us the, the spiritual things that we can endure and grow and, 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 and live and glorify God here in this body regardless of, what, regardless of our circumstances or what's going on. And I believe that there are probably some, some other provisions that, of the physical kind that God would bless us with that we lose out on because we don't open our mouth. So what does it mean to open our mouth? Look back at, at Psalms. Psalms chapter 81. Notice what, what God said here in verse 11. But, but my people would not hearken to my voice. Part of opening our mouth is that we're close enough to the Lord that we can hear when he speaks to us. Now, God doesn't speak to me audibly. I don't know if he does to you. I, I, I'm doubting it. I don't believe he speaks that way. I'm not going to limit God and what, what he'll do, but I believe the Bible says and teaches us that he speaks to us through his word. How are we going to know what God's saying if we're not reading his word? More importantly, how many times do we hear what God says and then we don't heed it? See, they, they heard him. 
God said, I will bless you or I will curse you. And they went with the curse. They chose not to obey. James says, don't be a hearer of the word, but be a doer of the word. And he goes on later and says, to be a doer of the work. And he, he, he likens it unto a man who looks into a glass, a mirror, and, and sees what manner of mess he is. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. And he walks away and says, you know what, I'm good. That's not a man who's wise in his ways, wise in his doings. That's not a man who, who hears. When I say hear, I don't mean hear with the ear, the audible noise. It's the hearing and pay attention and heeding. I can talk to my kids, and I won't name any of my children because I used to do the same thing. I'll just use myself as an example. When I was a kid and younger, and my mom would say, hey, Robbie, can you go do this? And I would be, I was a reader. Now I heard. I even understood what she said. But I thought, well, if I just pretend like I'm reading, she'll not think I actually heard her. And I would keep reading. And it would go from Robbie to Rob and Robert and Robert Allen. And when she hit Robert Allen Richards, yes. I'm sorry, Mom. <laughs> I knew where the line was. I knew what was coming next. I heard, but I didn't heed. And there are a lot of times when we hear what God's Word says, and we even understand what it says, but we don't heed it. We don't pay attention to it. And that's the problem here. To be able to open my mouth means, uh, it means that I'm waiting expectantly, and I'm in the position for him to feed me. That bird, if it's out of the nest, ain't getting fed by mama. If I'm out of the will of God in disobedience, guess what? My mouth ain't open. He said, but my people would not hearken to my voice, and Israel would none of me. Now, I, I thought about that phrase and meditated on it a, a bit this week. What does it mean that Israel would none of them? Because they wanted the blessing. They wanted God to go before them. They wanted God to give them victory. They wanted the grapes. They, uh, the, uh, they wanted the, the, the water. They wanted God to bless. But they didn't want what comes with it. When this says they wouldn't none of me, they, did, they didn't want God's way. They wanted their own way. They just wanted God's wealth. And there are a lot of Christians that want the same thing. Oh, I want God's blessing on my life. Oh, God, do this for me. God, do this for me. God, hear my prayer. Oh, God, why did not God not hear my prayer? Why didn't he answer? Why didn't he do what I wanted him to do? Why are the blood, why are things so hard for me? Why is it? I don't know. Are you in his way? Because Israel had none of them, did not want to go where he told them to go, did not want to do what he, they did not want to trust him. And God said, that was enough. He says, if you don't want that part of me, you don't want any of me. Verse 12 says, so I gave them up unto their own heart's lust. God is a good God and a merciful God and a loving God. He loves us so much that he lets us have what we want. I, I, I appreciate this of him. Uh, now, there's, there's Calvinism teaches that God picks and chooses whom He's going to save, regardless of whether they want it or not. He can say, Frank, you are going to be saved. Robin, I don't want you. 
That's not what he says. Just, just clarifying that. I want to make sure you understand that. But that's what Calvinism teaches, that God picks and chooses. And that, that Frank, if God chooses Frank, Frank doesn't have a choice. It's called, they call it irresistible grace. That if God has opened up your eyes to the truth, that he draws you to that, and you don't have a choice. You will get saved whether you want to or not. That's Calvinism. Not what the Bible teaches. The Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now the Bible does use words like election. There are the elect. God also says those that are elect. Uh, they're elected according to the foreknowledge of God. Uh, uh, big words, uh, Calvinism versus Molinism. Not going to get into it. Molinism is what we believe. Is that it, It's the balance of God's sovereignty versus the free will of man, and God gives us free will. Amen? That whosoever should call upon the name of the Lord. That, Frank, if you choose to follow after God, God will bless you. But if you choose to reject, reject God, he will not force himself upon you. He loves you so much that he will let you have what you choose. And you can, if you choose, spend an eternity separated from God forever in hell. Well, right, but that's because you chose, you, chose, you, you chose Christ. And that's the blessing of the gospel. It's free to all. But not only is it that way for salvation, it's that way for abundant life. God wants to bless us. He wants us to live in a fruitful, and we've been called to do that. Paul says, walk worthy. And God will chastise those whom he loves who don't. He sanctifies through his word. But if we choose to neglect the word, if we choose to walk in our own way versus his way, which is what the people of Israel did, then we lose out on the blessings that God would have for us. It's written in, I believe it's Psalm 78. It says they, the people of Israel limited the Holy One of Israel by their lack of belief and by their sin. God wanted to do so much more. In fact, that's what it says here in this chapter. It says, it says so I gave them up to their own harsh lust. He allowed them to have what they wanted. And they walked in their own counsel. They, they walked in the way that they wanted to walk. They murmured and complained. They, 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 they wanted to go their own way. He says, I let them. But in doing so, they lost out on the benefit, the blessings that God had in store for them. Verse 13. Oh, that my people had hearkened unto me. And Israel had walked in my ways. I should have subdued their enemies and turned my hand against their adversaries. The haters of the Lord should have submitted themselves unto him, but their time should have endured forever. He should have fed them also with the finest of the wheat and with the honey out of the rock should I have satisfied them. If they had walked in his ways, if they had chosen the blessing over the curse, God would have blessed them. They would, they would have had victory over their adversaries. They wouldn't have had to fear the walled cities and the, and the giants. And the, uh, they, they could have walked in knowing that God was going to win those battles for them. And God would have provided for them. They wouldn't have had to, to eat manna or, or hunger for the leeks and the garlic that they left behind in Egypt. They would have had the finest of the, of the wheat and honey out of the rock. It says, oh, what a blessing they could have had, but they didn't. What does it mean to open their mouth? 
means to hear his voice and hearken to it and walk in his ways. Because he wanted to bless, but they didn't get the blessing because they would have none of him. Why do we, as Christians today in this world, indwelt by the Holy Spirit with the promises of the Word of God, the Spirit that, could, that, could, that dwells within us and could fill us and, 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 and cause us to be fruitful and multiply? Why do we walk like we're barren and fruitless? Because we're doing the same thing Israel did. We're walking in our own ways instead of God's ways. We're not listening to God's Word. I don't know what all God has in store for us. God, it's not like God has a storehouse and he has to divvy it out. Okay, you can have this much this week and this much this week and you can have this much this week. Because that, that would be a thought, lead to the thought that that storehouse empties out. God's storehouse is infinite. There is no emptying. Uh, we, as we mentioned this morning, uh, he, he gives us strength in accordance to his strength. His power, uh, meaning uh, not that he doesn't take away from his strength to give us strength, that he just fills us with strength, that he still has infinite strength. Uh, uh, what a blessing that is. That God can provide and take care of and, and bless, and we can live abundant lives for him, blessed beyond measure, and never worry about that bank account being drained dry. I can't do that. My wife wishes we could. Uh, She'd be out spending, uh, going to Old Navy and, and all the other shops. If, if we had that, we do not have that kind of bank account. Don't get any ideas. <laughs> but God's bank account, where his storehouse, it never empties. I think that if we really understood what it is that we're missing out on by choosing to walk in our own ways, I think we might be in shock. For us to realize all that God has for us and all that goes wasted because God wants to bless us more than we want him. We want his blessings, but do we want him? I encourage you today to, to stop. Examine yourself and examine the word of God. Am I living an abundant life? Is my life blessed? Do I really have my mouth open? And I don't mean just open saying, I want this and I want that, I want this. God, I want all that you have for me. That's the difference. We like to say, God, this is what I want. And God says, let me give you what you need. Is our mouth open? Open thy mouth wide that I may fill it. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you. I thank you for all that you are. God, I thank you for how you work, and I thank you for your word. I pray that you bless it, Lord, to bless it, uh, bless it to us. Help us to, to, to understand it, Lord, but even more importantly, help us to, to take heed to what it says. Lord, not just this passage, but all of it. God, I pray that you would open our hearts and our minds to the truth of your word, and that you would, uh, you would help us, Lord, sanctify us by your word and, and help us to grow in it. Lord, help us to fully examine our hearts and lives so that we could walk in your ways, so we could follow you in, in your path, Lord. And uh, Lord, that we could, Lord, that we could be a, be blessed, uh, as you would as you would bless us, Father. We thank you, Lord, for all you've done for us, and uh, we pray that we glorify you in all that we do. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen.